You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We are talking Toronto Blue Jays here at the winter meetings. Tim McMaster along with Jack Morris and Gregor Chisholm, our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter. And the Blue Jays getting something done here on Monday at the winter meetings. Steve Pierce, not Edwin Encarnacion, who now it seems like will not be back in Toronto, but they take care of things uh, with a cheaper move and a less uh, shorter-term move as well with Steve Pierce. Yeah, and it's, it's going to address a few issues for this team. And, I mean, when you think about the Blue Jays, normally you think about a team that, that is very good against left-handed pitching. And last year, surprisingly, they weren't. I mean, they were 26th in the league in average against lefties, and, and they were middle of the pack in terms of OPS. Um, that's not something you would associate with the names that are in that lineup, but that's that's how that worked out. And Steve Pierce, there's going to be a lot of disappointed fans that, that Encarnacion is not coming back. But Steve Pierce is, is a very useful guy on a contending team. We've seen that many times over the last few years, especially with what he was able to do in Baltimore. Um, versatile skill set there with the ability to use him a little bit in the outfield as well. I think most of his at-bats will probably come at first base as a, as a platoon partner for probably Justin Smoke. Uh, but he is a guy who can get into the lineup in multiple ways, and the Jays have been kind of searching for that versatility, and, and they, they found it in a guy like him. Maybe a little bit of a change in philosophy. You go from Edwin Encarnacion, the big power hitter, and now suddenly you're talking platoon at first base, Jack. Yeah, maybe a little better defense who you know who knows I mean Edwin's still pretty adequate over there I thought uh, I'm more curious to s- for the Blue Jay fans uh, would just would you be willing to say that this is the end of Edwin and Jose when you get Morales and now Steve Pierce I, I think it really does uh, and that's not the news that a lot of fans are going to want to hear um, but I just think you know the especially with Morales taking those full-time at-bats at DH. It just doesn't leave a lot of room. I mean, Encarnacion, uh, as you said, um, d- defensively, he's actually pretty solid uh, enough at, at first yeah. base. Um, but there's some long-term issues there. If you were to play him there every single day over the course of a long-term deal, when you've got Morales signed for the next three, I think it's a little unrealistic to think that he can play there on a full-time basis. Uh, obviously, Blue Jays fans are still hoping so, but Atkins has been saying for the last couple of weeks the Morales signing made it a lot less likely and now I think as you add in Pierce into that deal now I think it does pretty much 100% eliminate the possibility that Encarnacion is going to be able to come back to this team somehow they're just running out of roster space and they still have a lot of work to do uh, in the corner outfields uh, and a few other spots on this lineup it just doesn't really seem like it's going to be in the cards anymore the Blue Jays had so many holes as far as free agents coming into this year and they wrapped up Justin Smoke during the season to kind of help that but they can't wait for guys to come around, right? They had to strike early in this offseason. That's what they felt like. And, and it is a very robust uh, offensive market right now, to, to steal a word from Atkins. So there there were alternatives. But I think there was a concern on the Jays' part that if they didn't, if they made an attempt to sign Encarnacion early on, they made him a four-year offer, he didn't accept. And I think there was a level of concern inside that uh, front office that if uh, the Jays weren't going to be able to get a deal quickly with Encarnacion, that guys like Morales would start coming off the board, and then you'd have a musical game of musical chairs, and the Blue Jays would, would be left without a seat. Uh, and so I think that's one of the main reasons why they decided to strike early. Uh, but the flip side of that is by striking early, uh, they really did kind of um, paint themselves into a corner a little bit and, and uh, removed 
a decent opportunity to get Encarnacion back in the Blue Jays uniform. Marcus Stroman going to the pitch for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. I'm not a big fan of that, especially <laughs> a guy coming off an injury. Sure. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially because, I mean, he's a guy who you know, was around that 200 inning uh, mark last year. Uh, you kind of wonder how that workload's going to catch up to him because until last year, he had never had a full season in, in the major leagues. I mean, the, the year before he lost uh, because of injury, and the year before that it was split between the minor leagues and the majors. So uh, it it's, has to be a little bit of a concern, absolutely, for the Jays, just because you don't really know exactly how he's going to bounce back after setting that career high in innings. I mean, everyone talked last year about the innings limit for uh, Aaron Sanchez, and, and Marcus Stroman's workload kind of went under the radar a little bit, but he threw an awful lot of pitches uh, for that team last year, and uh, I'm sure the Jays aren't overly excited about the fact that he'll be participating. Uh, obviously, Stroman is, otherwise he wouldn't be willing to do it. Um, but, yeah, I, certainly there would be some, some concerns from the team side. He's not alone. Russell Martin for Canada, Roberto Osuna. I mean, this it's not ideal for the team, but, but for fans, kind of neat that come spring with the World Baseball Classic, there's going to be Blue Jays kind of scattered out throughout the rosters. Yeah, and from a Canadian perspective, the Martin one in particular is something that the fans are going to be really happy about. Um, he didn't participate in the last WBC. Uh, he wanted to play shortstop, ironically enough, yeah. for that team, if you remember. Uh, that doesn't seem to be like an issue this time around. He's going to be the catcher for Team Canada, and, and that's one uh, situation where Blue Jays fans will absolutely be happy uh, that one of their players is uh, is competing curious in canada i think it's a general consensus that in the united states we have major league baseball we're not really worried about the baseball classic mm -hmm. in canada is it like the latin american countries is it like the asian countries where it is a big deal or is hockey still everything in canada yeah it's 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 picked up steam a little bit, I guess. Um, and I go back to the the two World Baseball Classics ago, I believe, when it was it was hosted in Toronto, and you had you got a glimpse of both sides. I mean, they had uh, a complete sellout for when uh, Team Canada played Team USA, and and that was amazing. And then I was at a game. I think they played Italy uh, two days later, and I think there's about. 750 people in the stands uh, so it, it, it kind of comes and goes I think when you're gonna have a rivalry game against the Americans I think everyone's gonna kind of get on board with that uh, but like a lot of other things I think that if, if Team Canada found a way to advance you'd probably see some of the attention uh, pick up around the area but I think initially it'll kind of it'll be a little bit more like the US as opposed to probably the Latin countries you mentioned the outfield and maybe Jose Batista could still come back maybe not who are some other names Dexter Fowler's name was around is that still are they willing to go that big in the outfield they are willing to go big, uh, whether or not they're going to be willing to pay what his price tag ends up being. Yeah. I think that they would be willing to go probably four years on him, um, but whether or not they're willing to go four years and $18 million per, which is some of the reports out there that he's looking for, that's probably a little bit too rich for them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, if Fowler's market drops a little bit, if the Jays can realistically enter the market. Uh, otherwise, I think you're probably looking at uh, more of the signings that the Jays have done already, which is relatively short-term deals that don't come with a lot of risk and ha don't have quite as much upside because you don't have that risk factor, uh, but they're pieces that you can put in there. So a Brandon Moss could be a guy uh, that they, they target uh, if, if Fowler becomes too expensive. I think those are the type of players uh, who you'd be looking at as a, if, if Fowler isn't in the cards in the end. Are they content with their bullpen? Obviously, you, know, you lose a veteran, Brett Cecil, he goes to uh, St. Louis, but you're really not losing a lot there, I don't mm -hmm. think, because uh, I don't know if he was part of the pitcher going forward. 
are they content right now with where they are? I don't think they're content right now. Uh, they still definitely need to make some moves down there. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Joe Biagini. Uh, Biagini really became a key contributor for them uh, last year, but there's some talk about moving him into a starting role. Um, and it would probably be as the sixth starter right now, so there's even a scenario where you could start him in the minor leagues. And the only reason they're really even considering that is just because you know they have the starting five in place right now, but they don't have much depth beyond that at all at the upper levels of the minor leagues. And so you need to have some sort of protection in there. But if you were to move him into a starter starting role, that creates yet another hole. And they just lost Joaquin Benoit, who he had, he had a terrible first half in Seattle, but he was great when he came over to Toronto. And that's the Jays were able to find ways to piece together that bullpen last year and able to survive that way. Uh, but they've got an awful lot of jobs open down there right now. I mean, you essentially have Roberto Osuna and Jason Grilly as the only two with guaranteed jobs. You'd probably like to see them bring in at least one or two guys um, to bring some, uh, you know, some some confidence down there uh, that they that they can close things out. Um, so I think they'll do something, but that's kind of been one of the under uh, hasn't been talked about a lot with the Jays uh, because all the attention has been on Encarnacion and, and Batista and guys like that. Uh, but the bullpen definitely needs to be an area where they look at, at trying to fortify somehow. This has been MLB.com extras from the winter meetings talking about the Toronto Blue Jays for Jack Morris and Gregor Chisholm. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.